What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Listen, let me first apologize. I know, we're starting with an apology, right? I want to apologize because I know, you know, we're used to bringing you content on a daily or semi-daily basis, and uh, the last week or so has just been a lot of life happening, and so I appreciate you guys just kind of rocking with us and giving us some space to just do life, which certainly is appreciated. With that said, thank you for your continued support of the faction. We've got some really, really cool things on the way. A SummerSlam weekend is approaching, and we had a massive weekend in the world of pro wrestling last weekend. So a big thank you. We appreciate you for who you are, all you do, and your continued support. Do me a favor. If you're not following us on the socials, do that right now, at The Faction Show. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, do that now wherever it is you get your podcast, We absolutely want you to be connected to what we're doing and share what we're doing lastly with a friend. You love wrestling and you're not alone. You're not an alien. You're not an island unto yourself. You are part of a wrestling community. So wherever that wrestling community may lie, past, present, or future, share this podcast with them. It makes all the difference in the world. So there is so much to get into, and obviously I can't get into all of it, but we'll dig into some of it, and we'll see where we go. Let's start, of course, with Monday Night Raw taking place this past Monday. It's the go-home show for SummerSlam, which takes place this Saturday night. We're used to WWE pay-per-views happening on Sunday nights, but it's actually happening on Saturday night this week, so be on the lookout for that. This episode of Raw brought in an average of 1.857 million viewers, which is up from last week at 1.79 million viewers. So a gain of about 67,000 viewers for this week's show. Now, here's kind of where things get interesting. The show began in the first hour grabbing 1.912 million viewers and then steadily dropped from there. Hour two brought in 1.864 million. And by the time Goldberg hits, we're looking at 1.796 million. Well, you can draw a lot of potential conclusions from that. One of those conclusions I will say is this. I still believe Raw is too long. The attention span of people these days is not up for a three-hour movie or a three-hour television show. And where it's problematic is with Monday Night Raw, you're basically asking us to invest a pay-per-view a week. That's the amount of time that Monday Night Raw is if you're going to watch from start to finish. So... What some people will do is obviously they'll start strong. They'll see previews of what is to come, and some of it may be compelling enough to stay. For others, not so much. Of course, there's competition on TV, but as we're seeing, man, three hours is just too, too long. So Monday Night Raw is going to have to figure something out because Goldberg wasn't exciting enough to keep them. And let me just say this too, as excited as I am to see Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg, and I am excited because I believe we'll wipe the mat with Goldberg, I am equally nervous about a couple of things. First of all, it's very clear that Goldberg versus Lashley is not the main event of SummerSlam. And so that's not even up for debate right now. It's clearly Roman Reigns and John Cena. The other thing I'm nervous about is this. I have been believing, and I still believe, honestly, wholeheartedly, that Lashley is going to win. But have we thought about a scenario where SummerSlam ends 
and we have a new WWE champion and a new Universal champion. What is the message that could be sent if Cena and Goldberg both leave SummerSlam as champions? Maybe we'll talk some more about that in the coming day. Interesting, to say the least. Either way, Monday Night Raw drew 1.857 million viewers. It's up from last week. And really, you can't ask for more than that going into SummerSlam. Now, there was an interesting thing that happened. Well, two kind of interesting things. One is very, one not so much. Does anybody think that the Raw women's title picture just does not seem as prestigious, perhaps, as it once did? And I don't like the idea that we saw all three women in that match wrestle more than once. Well, Charlotte technically didn't wrestle more than once, but she got in the ring more than once and had action. I don't know that we're in a space where we need to see Nikki A.S.H. twice, Rhea Ripley twice, and Charlotte Flair twice where's the rest of your women's division where is Asuka why is she not present you know there and there are others that perhaps should be on television right now on Monday Night Raw that aren't so there's a lot of questions that we have to ask around what's happening with Raw's women's division it certainly pales in comparison to what happens on SmackDown's women's division. But with that said, right now, that is all about Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, which is clearly the marquee matchup on there. But where's the rest of that women's division? So there's a lot of questions that we've got to start asking ourselves in WWE surrounding their women's division and some of their programming as well. And we'll obviously start tackling some of that post SummerSlam. Of course, everything right now is leading into SummerSlam, and we have to absolutely take a look at that because that is going to be some intriguing stuff to say the least. But before we do that, we need to talk about AEW because AEW debuted their brand new show, Rampage, this past week. So AEW Rampage marking brand new programming for AEW kicked off this past Friday. It was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, airing immediately after SmackDown, which in itself is interesting, right? Like, I think it's pretty smart, as we have learned, to not go head to head on a Friday night or any night right now in pro wrestling. Though when AEW did go head to head with NXT, they often won those battles, but again, NXT is a different situation. It's cable and cable versus cable uh, battling network TV. Big, massive difference there. With that said, big show for AEW Rampage, which saw a brand new Impact World Champion crowned as Christian Cage defeated Kenny Omega. Huge, huge matchup there. Couple that with a big AEW Women's World Title match that saw Dr. Britt Baker DMD successfully defend against Red Velvet. All of that led to 740,000 viewers showing up for AEW Rampage, which if you think about it, that's not bad considering that time slot. And let's just kind of remember a couple of things too. When AEW Dynamite was on Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, that didn't exactly go well. Granted, it was after the NBA playoffs, but in that scenario, we were looking at some pretty significant moments, significant moments as in 560,000 viewers, 
490,000 viewers. So there was definitely excitement about Rampage, and we'll talk about the happenings of Rampage in a little bit, but I do, well, no, let's talk about that now, right? Christian Cage wins the Impact World Championship. I have a lot of thoughts about this AEW Impact relationship, and I've always felt like it was one-sided. And I think it continues to be one-sided. Though now, this past week for AEW, we saw Impact Wrestling actually featured in some new ways. The Impact Tag Titles were on the line at Dynamite last week. And then, of course, you've got the Impact World Championship that was up for grabs on Rampage this past Friday. Here's your real challenge in all of it. AEW does not view Impact Wrestling as an equal. How do I say that? Here's why. Language matters. Note when they reference the tag team championships for Impact, it's the Impact Tag Team Champions, not the Impact World Tag Team Champions. And then they couldn't get their language straight in referencing the Impact Championship. Some called it the Impact World Title, others called it the Impact Title. And when they called it the Impact World Title, they made it a point to continue to emphasize that the AEW World Championship is still the number one title in the sport. So it's very clear that they don't view impact as equals. They certainly view things with impact different than they view things with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I, if I'm impact, again, there's cause for concern. I think Christian Cage is the right man to beat Kenny Omega to become the Impact World Champion. He's got history with Impact. However, once again, you have another world champion in Impact who's not contracted to be a part of Impact Wrestling. So that is of concern. So we've got to figure out what's the deal with this relationship between Impact and AEW. We've got to figure that out. Because if we don't figure that out, well, really, it's not up for us to figure out. It's up for really Impact to figure out. AEW seems to be very happy with the way things are. And if Impact is not going to be viewed as an equal, if I'm Impact, could you jump out? Should you jump out? Maybe. The flip side is Impact certainly is getting more eyes on its product than it had without the AEW partnership. And speaking of partnerships, it certainly seems as though we've got a real situation with AEW, Impact, New Japan, and the NWA working in tandem on a number of events. And honestly, it makes sense. Not that I'm saying that they're all trying to compete with WWE. I don't think there is competition. I do think there is alternative. And I think right now the best thing that everybody else other than WWE can do is be a great alternative to WWE. We don't need WWE light. We don't need some souped up version of who you are trying to compete with WWE. We need all of these organizations to know who their identity is and know what they do so that in fact they can go ahead and make some things happen relative to being an alternative and gaining a fan base. That is really what matters at this point. So shout out to AEW for launching Rampage. I will say one other thing. Well, two other things. One, I don't like a four-man commentary booth. I think a three-person commentary booth is plenty 
Two is ideal. Three is plenty. Four is overkill because you're fighting to get words in. So there's that. The second thing is Rampage is going to have to do something to make it look different right now than Dynamite. Right now, quite frankly, all of AEW's product looks exactly alike. Dark, Dark Elevation, Dynamite, and Rampage. They all look the same. Same staging, uh, same colors, same crowd shots. They're going to have to do something to make it look different. SmackDown and Raw, at the very least, are operating in different brand colors that are evident. They have some different camera shots. They have some different approaches. That's going to have to be the case if Rampage is not going to be viewed as Dynamite Light. So they've got to make these kinds of stylistic changes, and hopefully they'll do that soon. Otherwise, what is the impetus to watch Rampage? That's the big question. With that said, I think Rampage did a great job with the one hour that they had. I think you have three compelling matches that are each worth something, that each have some degree of worth and value to the fan and to the wrestlers alike. It all makes sense. I think they just have to change the aesthetic a bit to make things really make greater sense and to differentiate between the two brands. All right, there's still a whole lot to get to, but we're not going to get to all of it. I do want to give you some New Japan news, and this is really, really interesting. So following the August 15th Summer Struggle event, which happened earlier this week, two wrestlers had a fever and missed their match on the August 15th event. One of them is Bushi, the other is the New Japan World Heavyweight Champion, Shingo Tagaki, who both have tested positive for COVID-19. So the latest on them is that their fevers went down and their conditions are not becoming worse. And according to protocols and under medical advice, they are isolating and receiving appropriate treatment. New Japan has promised to do things to further strengthen their COVID-19 countermeasures and ensure that there is protection from infection and safety for everybody connected to their show. So that's really intriguing and it's unfortunate news coming off of an incredible New Japan Pro Wrestling of America resurgence event which happened over the weekend and we'll get into that tomorrow so here's the deal for today today we've got of course aew dynamite happening live tomorrow we'll give you a recap of what happened on nxt along with the ratings there and we'll get into some of the other action that happened over the weekend that we haven't had a chance to talk about and it's almost time to start getting your summer slam predictions so start getting them ready as we'll be very very interested to see what you think about this year's presentation of SummerSlam, which right now stands to be bigger in attendance and presentation than WrestleMania. So this is going to be pretty intriguing to say the least. We're going to get out of here. I hope the rest of your day is absolutely incredible. Lots of love to you guys. Make sure you're hitting us up and following us on the socials at The Faction Show. And we will do this all again very, very soon. Representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people, here we go.